0: Hello, and welcome to Film Squatch, the podcast where two guys from the Deep South watch and review movies about Bigfoot. It's that simple. Each episode takes a look at a single film about a Sasquatch or a Yeti, and the guys break it down for you. Patrick and Kendall are true believers, but they're too old, too fat and too lazy to get up off their sofas and go hunt for a sasquatch themselves so they just sit back and watch movies about them now let's head over to the film squatch screening room where patrick and kendall are ready to discuss their latest film
1: Hey, Bigfoot fanatics, welcome back to another episode of Film Squatch, the podcast where my co-host and I review Bigfoot movies. I'm Patrick Bennett, and joining me over Zoom is the crazy Cajun, Kendall Fontenot. Say hi, Kendall. Hi, Kendall. (laughs) We're coming to you from southwest Louisiana, the home of swamps, gators, and maybe even Bigfoot himself. Who knows? On today's episode, we're going to talk about the 2011 film, Snow Beast. I thought I saw something out there.
2: We're here for our yearly research.
1: Oh, how's it going?
2: Well, it could
1: be better. We had a visitor last night. So anything new around here? Well, it was a snowboarder that went missing a couple days ago. Jim, can you take a look at this? It's like something out a cave or something. I don't know what it is.
0: It's not walking on four legs.
1: But Dad, it's back.
0: It's coming right toward us.
1: If we're the first ones to discover this, that's huge.
0: It's hard to get a better look when you're running for your life.
1: Kendall, you want to fill us in on the plot?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Snow Beast, not to be confused with the 1977 film with the same name, uh, is a story that takes place in the Great White North, way up in Canada. Uh, it takes place in a park uh, and, and a ski resort town where snowboarders, hikers, and more are going missing in the wilderness Mm -hmm. Um, there's also a team researching lynx in that area and uh, they noticed that the lynx are no longer in the area for some reason and neither are the snowshoe hares or any other animals for that matter i'll tell you you what the team (laughs)
0: it's
2: a freaking Bigfoot out there The team is on the lookout for whatever this thing is, what's causing the lynx and all the animals to disappear. And we've got a couple of game wardens, Canadian game wardens, uh, on the trail of this monster as well.
1: But it's Dudley do right on the trail. That's the real question. You know, I looked this up on uh, IMDb, and, it, it you know, it, it said on IMDb that it's a remake of that 70s film you're talking about. But I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to disagree with that, man. Uh, I, I remember seeing that 70s film and um, <clears throat> the only similarities at all was, you know, at the beginning of this film, there's a snowboarder that gets attacked. Well, the 70s yeah. film, the whole film takes place at a, a ski resort and there's a Bigfoot, foot, <laughs> a Bigfoot attacking the, the people at the resort. And, and that's. That's it. There's no uh wildlife researchers or anything. So I don't see how this is supposed to be a remake at all. And the the uh the title's different too. Um the 70s one, it's just snow beast is one word, you know, snow beast. And this one it's two words, snow beast. So I, I think somebody just came up with that on their own that it's a remake. I don't I don't agree with it. There's no telling on that.
2: Yeah. Um, it was directed, and I, I don't, I, I don't want to mess up this guy's name. Uh, his name is Brian
1: Brow. How could you mess I guess up? Brian? How he says
2: his last name. Brian Brow, <laughs> B R O U G H. It's oh. Brow or or something like that. Bro. Uh, and I, I checked this guy out, and he primarily directs uh, like Hallmark style romance movies. Really. TV, you know, TV films. Um, and he was he directed a series called Ostentatious based on the work of Jane Austen. Um, and then it was written. The, the Snow Beast was written by Brittany Wiscombe, who worked on a lot of the same projects that Brian Brow worked on. And there are also some of the actors that appeared in this uh, film. Also appear in a number of the uh, movies that Brian directed. Um, when we start talking about the cast here in a minute, I'll mention one particular uh, person in the film who worked a lot with Brian, but behind the scenes not as an actor um, of course, I mean the cast, I'm going to let you because I, I, I know I know I know your favorite yeah. Duke boy is is, is Bo
1: so, so I'm going to let you talk boy about John Schneider of Dukes of Hazzard, yeah that, that was the star of this film, John Schneider himself. Uh yep. he was the lead actor. And you know, I always thought he was a good actor, especially, you know, not so much in Dukes of Hazzard. He was kind of you know cheesy and, and just getting his uh start, but uh but later in life, like in Smallville, where he, he played Clark Kent's dad, I thought he did a great job on that series. And and the, recently he was on that that Oprah channel series, the haves and haves not, uh, have's yep. and haves nots. Or haves and have nots. I don't know how he said haves I and mean, have nots. Yeah, something. Yeah. But, uh, but he, he was the villain. He was kind of like a J.R. Ewing of, of Dallas, you know, on this uh this Oprah show. But uh, I know a lot of people love that that series. Uh but, but and he, he was also
2: big- a, he was also a fairly successful country singer too. Yeah, I mean he
1: Yeah, he, I went to a he, concert in the not 80s, too far yeah. from us here. Heard him, he was pretty good. Yeah, he's he's he- He's a
2: pretty good country singer. If, if you're, you're a country fan, yeah, check him out. If, if you're not familiar with his work, um, I have his greatest hits album. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I like, I like John Schneider's work as a, as a, an actor and as a musician.
1: You ever see that movie he did? Um, it might've been one of his very first, uh, feature films, uh, Eddie Macon's run.
2: I'm not familiar with that. Okay. One,
1: no. Yeah. It, he was just, he, he was an escaped prisoner on the run and, and, uh, uh, oh, man, what's his name? Spartacus. What's his name? Uh, Spartacus? It- Kurt Douglas was on. He was like oh, a FBI agent or something that was that was trailing him across Texas into Mexico. It was a good film. Go check it out. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. OK. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he had his teenage daughter with him. And I don't know if she was supposed to be a high school student or a college student. They They just said that she was expelled. So I don't know.
2: Um, yeah his daughter emmy she was played by daniel danielle
1: i'm sorry danielle c
2: ryan and
1: Let, um, let me say something about danielle um i saw her years ago in a tv miniseries about little house on the prairie now this wasn't the michael landon series this was a a miniseries with a whole new cast and it was a darker grittier series i mean they they got into fights with with indians and the struggle—it was the story of how they got to Walnut Grove. You know, the, the travel,
2: okay,
1: travel yeah. west, wagons breaking down, Indian attacks, uh, uh, sickness, uh, rebel—just all kind of stuff happening to them out in the wilderness and stuff. It, it, it's a pretty good take on the House in the Prayer if you ever if you ever get a chance to see it. But uh, she was excellent. In that. she played uh, Mary. She didn't play Half Pine, but she played Mary, Mary Ingalls. The one that later in the series became blind. blind. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's who she played. And she did a fantastic job. And I thought she's pretty good in this in the Bigfoot movie. But if you Google her, she's now in like her 30s and she is gorgeous. Y'all, y'all, really? y'all look that up. Yeah. So, but, uh, but that's all I want to say. I remember in that little, that, that mini series. I wanted to, I looked her up on IMDb
2: and it showed that she played Thing 1. Yeah, the that. With Michael Myers, yeah. and she was in that series ostentatious that brian brow was a director of Ah, okay there was another there was another tie-in there and then um there was a one of the fellow researchers that worked with john snyder's character uh john snyder's character was named jim harwood danielle ryan's character was emmy and then there was a guy named rob and uh, he's played by paul hunt he's he's the the younger researcher that Emmy hits on right at the yeah. beginning of the, the film. He actually did, uh, he was he was a, a crew member in the sound department in a ton of Brian Brown's films. Um, and he, he's been in a few, he's had a few small roles in other movies, uh, mainly, you know, like, again, Hallmark style romance films. Uh, but yeah, he's a sound guy. And uh, I just wanted to throw that in there about him i really liked his character i mean he was of of the 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 cast he was one of my favorite characters i i I thought he was yeah he was a likable guy you felt felt bad for him because he was kind of he had all those trivia (laughs) facts that he would pop up with in the film and they kind of made fun of him about it yeah I, i really liked that character
1: and I, I don't, I didn't write it down. And what was the other girl's name? The one that the researcher, the other, the, the other researcher, her, the character's name was
2: Marcy. And, uh, she is played by Carrie Hawks, who, uh, who has done, uh, again, she's done a lot of romance films, TV romance films. Uh, she had a minor role in Yellowstone. I found out that's one of probably her most notable, uh, appearance outside of this film. Um, she did a very good job as well. Uh, I thought she did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, her character, well, and, uh, and this isn't the actor's fault, but some of the characters that the characters made some dumb moves, and I think that poor Marcy made one of the dumbest ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we'll talk about that a later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another another person that folks will definitely recognize is uh, Jason London who plays Barry, the park ranger or game (laughs) warden. Uh, If you've ever watched one of my favorite films of all time, Jason London appeared in, and that was dazing a fused. And he played Randall pink Floyd, the the star quarterback for the high school football team. And uh, (laughs) I mean, Jason London has, has worked on a ton of films and television shows um, I completely forgot. I looked him up on IMDb and I completely forgot that he was in uh, the Patrick Patrick Swayze film Too Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Oh, yeah. Julie Newmore. He was one of the, the, the local bumpkins that falls in love with. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, not not Denzel. Um, no, wait, it wasn't Denzel. Not Wesley Snipes character. Was it wasn't not Zima. I think that was Wesley Snipes character in Too Wong Fu. But it was the young one. Uh, he played the clown in Spawn. Oh, yeah? He was uh, – oh, God. What was that
1: guy's name?
2: He's the shortest in of films. Guy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I can't remember his about? name.
1: But yeah, he, he played Leguizamo or something like that.
2: John Leguizamo. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was in that film. And I completely forgot that he was in that movie. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I watch – Jason, if you're listening, I watch Daisy Infused at least once a week right now. I'm hooked. I love that film. And I've actually got a plan. Uh, Patrick, you and I talked about this the other day. I've got a plan. I have some family that lives in the Austin area and we're going to do a tour, a Daisy Confused tour of the town. Uh, One of my favorite films. And I was so glad to see him in this movie. Uh, His role wasn't very big, but uh, I enjoyed the the, the time that he was on the screen and his uh, partner. The other game warden, uh, a gentleman named Dale Thomas, plays the character Gibbons, who has got
1: to be the laziest game warden on the planet. <laughs> I thought he did a pretty good job, too. <laughs> you know, in the last episode, of, I talked about um, how one thing I look for in a Bigfoot film is to see the entire Bigfoot creature and not wait till the end to see him and not just see glimpses of him. I want to see the entire creature. Well, this this uh, film delivered on that, you know, and I always say I want to see the creature within the first 10 minutes. You know, I don't don't want to wait halfway through the movie or all the way to the end to see him show him to us right off. You know, you can you can tease it the first 10 minutes showing a hand or an eye or something. But after that 10 minute mark, I want to see the whole creature. And they did that in this film. They did it well.
2: I agree with you on that. So what Um, did you
1: think about? The Bigfoot costume.
2: This one, he was pretty unique. Um, he wasn't your standard, you know, six or eight foot tall guy in a gorilla suit. He, it uh, <laughs> was really, real I mean, he had. he was. It was almost completely covered in hair. His chest didn't have much hair on it. You can see his chest, and um, his feet were exposed, and his hands, and he was built. In my opinion, he was built like a gorilla, <laughs> dude.
1: You know, the, this the creature had a paunch. He, he was a fat, <laughs> fat, well, big I mean, fella. You know, if you, if you watch gorilla, you know documentaries about
2: gorillas, or even watch King Kong. You know how gorillas look? It looks like he's got King Kong's got that belly on him. Yeah, you know, it kind of pushes out. He kind of he's like a a cross between a, a gorilla and something from Star Wars. The yeah. face on this creature, yeah, his it, face was it was freaking looking. And it looked like like a a creature from Star Wars. I mean he
1: well, you know what I was gonna say? It looked like that salt vampire from Star Trek original series. Yeah, yeah.
2: It was grayish
1: and it had those certain like those lines. I don't know. It it was it was really freaky looking, but to me, it was also really fake looking. You know, it it yeah. Now now this Bigfoot is a Yeti. He's up in the snow, so he's got the white fur and but his face and his hands, they're gray and they look they look rubber. I don't yeah. know. Just and it's about it look fake. Yeah, that big. I guess that was the back, cover got up that the seam or something little. Yeah, it was like a.
2: But at first, I thought it was the zipper on the suit yeah. when I first saw. It, I was like, man, that's a wide zipper, but it's like a like a, yeah, a bone a plate stain. or something. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. there's one moment in the film where he jumps up, and he 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 jumps up and his his knees his his arms come out wide and his legs go up kind of like in a spider-man pose it's a real quick jump i think what it might have been is he, he was behind like a a hill and his victim is looking in that direction and he just like pops up i don't know if it was like a spring-loaded thing that made him pop like that but when he comes up you can actually see the bottom of the suit the pants lift you know, it's not – you can tell it's not attached to his feet. Yeah, like the cuffs. And, uh, yeah, it, it was – the suit was kind of wonky in this. And, yeah, uh, I got t- to say, to me – I, I, Go ahead. I, I got to applaud him for using mainly practical effects oh, yeah, with that definitely.
1: creature. Yeah. Got to you know, give him that. To me, it looked fake and cheesy – but if anybody knows me, that's what I like in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, fake, cheesy looking stuff, you know, so that just drew me in more. But I, I want to say if you're expecting some top quality Bigfoot costume and effects and all that, you're not going to get it in this film. It is what it is. Yeah. But I love this film. I love this kind of stuff. You know, it, it looked like a guy in a gorilla suit, even the way he walked and everything. He didn't walk. I mean, it looked like he didn't have a lot of practice. It was just like somebody grabbed their neighbor and said, hey put this white gorilla suit on and go run around in the snow and chase John Schneider, you know?
2: Now, now one thing I have to say, I was disappointed with, we didn't get a hood slide from Bo Duke. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's because he was on a snowmobile. So,
1: they didn't, didn't really have a hood to slide was, across.
2: Well, they had that pickup truck they were riding around. Yeah, and true. I would love to have seen him slide across that. But, you know, I mean, that's just wishful thinking. Now back oh. to this
1: fat Bigfoot, though, man, to me, it looked like a guy in a gorilla suit. That was that just hobbled out of a, a Golden Corral buffet or something, you know. <laughs> He's just wobbling around and in a rubber suit, but uh, but all that—that's pretty pretty good to me, though. His 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 power, his strength, and his
2: speed—they never were consistent with it. That was something else that, that I noticed. I don't normally bring that kind of stuff up unless it's real noticeable, and it was in this film because there were scenes where. Uh, well, there's one scene in particular where a couple of people are out in the woods. And he just, all you always see the a white blur and the person's gone.
0: Yeah.
2: And then later on in the film, he chases quite a few people and they fall down. They stumble. They roll down hills. They get stuck in the snow or whatever. And he's way back there. It's like he can't catch up to them. That's because he just they came out of that buffet vehicle. I
1: was talking about.
2: <laughs> they, he gets—he you know, They get in the vehicle. They struggle with the keys. But they still have time to drop the key, pick the key up, and get it in the ignition. And it it, it's, it just wasn't really consistent. And you know, he might slap somebody, and when they hit they hit you know the the the, the, the cave wall or whatever they hit, you know, you see the the CGI blood pop out yeah. of their head or whatever, and they're dead. But with other people, he smacks them like that, and they survive the smack. Yeah. You know, it was it was just inconsistent. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, this is, again, this is a B movie, so I'm not expecting Oscar-worthy performances or right. you know, stuff like that. It's just, it was it was really obvious in this movie, and, and, and I just, I wanted to bring that up. Um, but, yeah, as far as the effects, though, you know, it was mainly practical. They did use CGI for the blood and for the big climax that I'm not going to ruin. Um, yeah. Involving a, uh, a flare gun.
1: Oh, I thought that was ruin. actually pretty you cool. It. No, I, I didn't know. Run. Everybody knows I what I happened. Know no, they, they know there's a flare gun.
2: That's uh, all. only
1: one thing you can do with a flare gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, uh, Kendall, what's your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene in this one was probably when Rob
2: and Jim first discover the cave.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Where the
2: creature too. is keeping... And, uh, the, people and the the and Yeah, she's watching the monitors, and he's he's making his way to back to the cave. Yeah, and they're in there, and you know they're that was trying to get out before he pops back. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the best part of the whole film for me. Um, yeah, I mean that, she yeah. can see it that coming. Was, that, That's definitely. her
1: dad in that cave, and she's back at the house watching, possibly, the creature getting him, You know, on the on yeah. the thing, and she can't do anything about it. That, that was kind of suspenseful. And then you're trying to, like, hurry up, get out of the cave, get out, come on, get out, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it builds up suspense. That was a good uh, good scene.
2: And I also, I got to throw in, I love every scene where Gibbons complained about something. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know something that yeah. I did not like is they kill off a character in here that I thought should have survived.
2: Yeah. I, I know wasn't expecting
1: that. You know what I'm talking about?
2: I know exactly who you're
1: talking. Yeah, about. that character should have survived. It, in, uh, yeah, that's almost. And I life. don't,
2: I don't know if that was done to throw, because whenever that character died, it did kind of change the way I was viewing the film. I was like, oh, okay, so it's open
1: season. You know, it's not just, yeah, yeah. it's not just because uh, if that character, character would have, have lived, lived I die. had, I had an idea in my mind of kind of like a prologue. I mean, uh, what you call it, the afterlaw? What you call that? Uh, Epilogue, whatever. Epilogue. I, I, I kind of had my mind what that could have been, but it would have it would have involved that character. So yeah. once that character died, I was like, okay, what's what's going to happen now?
2: And, and I'll be honest, you know, once they discovered that cave cage and, and bodies in there, I was like, you know, what? Right? That character, the one we're talking about, somehow that character is going to manage to be still alive, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: But the character wasn't um i think they 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 wasted a good opportunity with that character and that actor i mean they 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 wasted a good opportunity there because um yeah that threw me off about the film
1: and, and they actually they, and kind changed of, the way I they kind of they kind of put some uh foreshadowing into there about what might happen at the end with that character some some stuff yeah. that some other characters were saying it kind of foreshadowed the perceived ending which didn't happen yeah but uh so, yeah, and they might
2: have done that intentionally to throw people off yeah or yeah you know, you know or maybe they just yeah you know what let's off this character we don't need this character anymore i don't know i
1: don't know so uh, overall did you like it what, what, what's your thoughts it was okay yeah. um it wasn't
2: it wasn't one of those films it was so bad it was good yeah but it wasn't so bad that it was a terrible film i i it could right. have definitely been better, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, especially if I mean the fact that they had an actual guy in a suit and not a CGI creature yeah. automatically bumped this movie up for me. Definitely. Um it, it would have been it would have been atrocious if they had a CGI creature in this movie. And I think uh, you if it did as goofy as this creature looks at times, <laughs> it would have looked horrible. CGI. Yeah.
1: And I think if it wasn't for the fact that John Schneider was in it, it wouldn't have been as good. Because I, I think with a known actor that carries as much uh, nostalgia as John Schneider does, you know, yeah, I think that gave it some points, you know. But, and uh, and he's a good actor. I mean, yeah, yeah, he he's he's a good actor just
2: overall, and he he definitely carried the film. Um. The riding hampered him a little bit, I think, at certain yeah. points. But overall, his performance was amazing, and Danielle Ryan did a good yeah. job. She good actor. I mean, her, her her being a little smart aleck teen, pain in yeah, the butt. It was believable. She nailed it. I mean, yep. she nailed it right off the bat. And then when she starts, you know, flirting with poor Rob, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that that there's one scene in there. Well, it's it's the one where she's flirting with him. And she puts her arm around him. I don't remember what she says. And uh, John Schneider looks at, at her and she says, he's twice your age and he's not interested. And he just kind of has that, Rob has that goofy look on his face. Yeah. And then he looks at, and John Schneider looks at him and he says, you're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. And that's that's something we hadn't talked about. There was quite a bit of comedy in this film. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there were quite a few scenes. And, you know, intentional Laughing points. There were a couple scenes where I was like, oh gosh, you know, like with the creature that were funny, but they didn't mean mean for that to be funny. But they had some pretty good, like the Gibbons character, um, and, and just little little stuff with John Schneider and, I'll go with the whole cast. They had some some really good, fun moments in this film, funny moments. So yeah, I'm. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, it's not great. Um, it's definitely not a top tier Bigfoot film or creature film. I guess we should call it a creature film because technically that was a a Yeti. I'm gonna go ahead and give you my uh, Bigfoot tracks rating on this one. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid five out of 10
1: Bigfoot tracks. Well, I'm going to give it six Bigfoot tracks. I I like the cheesy costumes and the fact that uh, John Schneider was in it. So six Bigfoot tracks for me. Well, folks, we want to thank you for listening to Film Squatch. We'll have a new episode up in a couple of weeks. And uh, please subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and leave us comments on our Facebook page. Uh, You never know, you could win a prize, uh, maybe.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Film Squatch. If you like the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. Make sure to like us on Facebook and join in on some of our interactive discussions. Remember, Bigfoot is out there. Watch your back.